I'm Katie J. And I'm Katie H. Welcome to the Katie's. Welcome indeed. It is so nice to be in your ears once more. And um, I just, we haven't caught up in a while. So maybe it's time, Katie, just how, how's it going? How's your week? How's your month? Are you a Valentine's Day girly? I am a Valentine's Day girly. <laughs> <laughs> um, nobody has uh, recognized that in me and made me <laughs> an official <laughs> Valentine's Day girly. I feel though like Valentine's um, Day is actually a little bit more fun as a single girly. I'm, I have a great time. I dress Valentine's. up in a cute little Valentine's Day outfit. Cute. I just think like fun. That is fun. And it's not even like I'm looking at couples and thinking like, oh my gosh, I like wish that was me. And like, this is the hardest day of the year. And like, oh my gosh, I wish I was dead. You know what I I mean? I feel (laughs) like it's an expensive dinner and like roses that aren't your favorite is way less fun than an actual fun party with all your girls. Yeah. I'm I'm doing a Galentine's, watching a little, uh, you know, whatchamacallit. Rom-com. Rom-com. So fun. Getting in my little... Valentine's Day pajamas, which I don't own yet. Target, you better pull through. Yeah. That's all I have to say. I've given it. We're going to the same little Valentine's event. Come And I'm coming. I'm so excited. I'm not spending the night, but yeah. I'm coming. Um, This is coming out like after, after Valentine's <laughs> yes. Day, but we're still talking about it. Anyway, I, uh, yeah, I'm just not in my valentine's pajamas era it's just not happening there's really not cute maternity stuff for that so i'll just be wearing my little a little cord little cute sweat set love it um but yeah anyway (laughs) how you doing i'm i'm doing good um as you guys may be able to tell i feel like i need to like address this um my voice is like ratchety (laughs) like off the charts um it's actually leaps and bounds better than it was yesterday Mm -hmm. I we was, will we will spare you with editing the clearing yes. of the phlegm and the yeah. fun stuff that I get to experience oh, no. and Matt gets to experience. I don't have phlegm. I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. Um, girls don't get phlegm. New rumor. Girlies. <laughs> um, but I was like fully sounding like a prepubescent boy yesterday and it was like not the vibe, especially when I'm a receptionist. Yeah, and, and a podcaster. It. And a podcaster. <laughs> Are you? And a woman. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, but Life is life is good. Um, all the usual things. But right now, just like a fun little thing, um, I'm planning a vacation with my family. So fun. Like road trip vacation to a few different national parks, and I'm so excited. And so, like, my brain space is, like, devoted to Yellowstone and the Grand Tetons right now. I'm like, she posted a screenshot of her, like, search history on her close friends, and it's, like, bear attacks in Yellowstone 2022. Yeah. <laughs> it is and it's like flathead like montana like all these different the specific locations yeah. but like, so fun Google fights. i love i live for having a trip to plan for. yes it's the best well then i'm like sitting there at work like undoing staples on like these stacks of paper and i'm thinking like i wonder what the weather's like in montana right now like <laughs> you like have it in your weather app for like, real <laughs> yeah but anyways Relatable. so like fun little thing but fun. otherwise life is normal very fun what about you katie hale um, we, I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm doing good. Living my life. Doing all the things I normally do to keep the family running. We found out the gender. I'm not going to share it here, but we did find the out the gender. gender of our baby, which is just so fun. It always makes it feel more, more real when you like know who this little person is going to be. And yeah, it's really fun to prepare. That is so exciting. I feel like I'm 
by the time this comes out, I'll, I'm halfway, mm-hmm. which is so crazy. I feel like it just flew by this wow. time. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy for a lot of reasons. <laughs> no, I know. It's completely insane. Um, so it's really starting to hit me like, oh, I'm going to have two babies under two. Yeah. My life's about to get completely insane again. But, That's so exciting, you know, though. it is exciting and changes with work and all of that yeah. stuff coming down the pipeline. I'm, I'm really like looking forward to some changes. So anyway, enough about us. We're into one of our regularly scheduled uh, little scripture episodes here so little scripture episodes. little scripture episodes it's it's a good one it's a really good one katie j took the took the lead on this one and i'm so excited to talk about it take I us took there the lead but jesus took the wheel as carrie underwood would say are you okay if we leave that in <laughs> i was really <laughs> trying to figure out how to respond it's okay. yeah you, you know yeah should we play the song do we have the rights <laughs> like the Hey, uh, <laughs> producer Matt, do we have the rights to play Jesus Take the Wheel? But anyway, okay. into first Samuel. <laughs> Anywho, we're going to jump right in after all of that lead up because we are talking about Hannah. Um, so she is the mother of Samuel, who was the last judge, and he's also a prophet, so judge and prophet. Um, this guy just kind of does it all. (laughs) But his origin story begins with his mother and she is a faithful, faithful woman of God. And so we are going to kind of dive in um, because I believe that there's a lot to be gained as believers, specifically as women. And this is such a window into how God interacts with women. I want to jump right in, kind of talking about the context of first Samuel a little bit, but of Hannah's story. So um, this is all going to be found in 1 Samuel 1 and 2. And so I would really encourage you guys to go and read it. We're going to cover like some pretty hefty chunks of scripture in this, mm-hmm. uh, but it's definitely worth reading. Yeah. If you have the chance, take a little pause here. Yes. Go read chapters 1 and 2 for Samuel. Yes, absolutely. But I'm going to kind of summarize what's happening. So Hannah was one of two wives of this guy. His name was Elkanah. Um, Hannah was the favorite because, you know, they got to choose favorite wives back then. Um, (laughs) but she was, she was barren, so she couldn't have children, which just to give you a little bit of historical context for this time was a big deal. Yeah. It was like symbolic of more than just like a physical problem. It was seen as like a lack of favor from the Lord, a curse, all of these things. A woman's fertility is like her worthiness, her holiness, her mm-hmm. faithfulness, all those things. Yeah. And it, it would have like insinuated maybe some sort of like moral failure. Yeah. And just be clear, sort. this isn't like God said this. Right. This is a cultural <laughs> Yeah, this is cultural. Belief. Yeah. Um, so she can't have children. It says in the Bible that the Lord closed her womb, uh, which is a whole interesting thing that super interesting. Um, I would love to dive into more Um, on my own, not in this podcast format. Mm -hmm. Um, But she, so she couldn't have children, which another reason why that was a big deal, which children were kind of your security Mm -hmm. uh, back then as well. So they were the ones- Especially as a woman, sons were your security. Exactly. They were the ones that were going to take care of you financially and just like physically Mm -hmm. um, in your old age. And they were also like, to be super practical, they were like- future workers for whatever trade Mm -hmm. you were in or all this stuff. So a big deal that she couldn't have kids. And then Elkanah's second wife, her name was Panina. 
Um, and she was the least favorite, but she had lots of children. <laughs> so yeah. uh, she was feeling some type of way about herself. <laughs> right. Well, and I mean, if it's like acknowledged, like she's the least favorite, imagine her insecurity and like, yeah. look, I'm having all these children. It, it's, there's actually several examples of like this situation in the Bible. Yeah. One being Rachel and Leah, right? Yeah. Where Rachel's the favorite, not having any kids. Leah is an accidental wife and she's having yeah. <laughs> all these kids left and right. Um, and there's all this contention. And just to be clear as well, there's a lot of things in scripture that are descriptive mm-hmm. and not prescriptive. So God was never saying, have multiple wives. That's okay. Yeah. Nothing in his law or anything ever said that that was acceptable. Um, but it was a cultural practice at the time. So yeah, just an interesting little yeah. bit of scripture. Tidbit. Mm-hmm. So this kind of, this obviously led to a lot of tension, but Elkanah gave Hannah, ended up giving Hannah a double portion, which is a, another big deal. Um, I'm not sure like the best way to describe mm-hmm. what a double portion would be. Do you have a better? Um, yeah. I mean, from what I, what I understand, it's blessing and it's inheritance and all those things as well. And so um, it's meant to be, generally it's like in a father giving a blessing to his sons, right? Mm-hmm. Like the double portion is given to the firstborn and it's meant to be like, you're to take care of these things in my stead. You have this responsibility and this blessing to go forth and carry these things on. So it's, it's kind of interesting actually that Hannah's yeah, receiving this in all. the first place. Yeah. Yeah. So Panina and her kids receive a regular portion. Hannah receives a double portion. Um, and the Bible actually describes Panina as Hannah's rival, which is so interesting. And that's like, I mean, that's really strong. Imagine language. this sister wives situation, right? For real. And all this like contention and this actual rivalry, mm-hmm. like in your home. And you say here, like even in the next sentence, taunting her because her womb was closed. Like yeah. this greatest hurt of your life, this private, painful, and also public thing. Yeah. And this woman like taunting you out of her jealousy and- yeah. I mean, it's, this is toxic, capital T, <laughs> yeah. toxic, toxic, drop that girl. Yeah, seriously. Um, but she would specifically, so Panina would taunt Hannah, um, basically making fun of her for not being able to have children. Okay. And every time you say Panina, where am I say yes to the dress girlies at? Oh, I have to think the of Panina Tournay. <laughs> yes. Where's Randy when we need it? <laughs> Anyway, I'm so sorry. Uh-huh. I had to get that out of my system. No. Go ahead. If you watched it, then you're like <laughs> laughing with us and you appreciate it. And if you don't, Every time then you you're said like, it. okay. Because I always thought it was like Panina or something, but oh, I guess maybe. Panina makes sense. It's just... I don't know. Panina Tornay. Anyway, continue. <laughs> so Panina. <laughs> I don't know. Um, But she would taunt her, but not just at any time. She would specifically taunt her when she went up to the house of the Lord Gosh. Um, in Shiloh. That, so that's where they would go and, you know, make sacrifices mm-hmm. and... All of that's worship. a worship um, with wow. Eli, who was the priest at the time. So she would specifically be taunting her as she was going to worship the Lord wow. and be in his presence. Yeah. Um, I mean, what this poor woman is carrying, it's just... Yeah. I mean, yeah. So let's put ourselves in Hannah's shoes here. You're barren. You know that your husband loves you, but you can't give him what he wants, which is children. You can't give yourself security. Uh, the future is unknown. He just gave you a double portion, which kind of puts you a target on your back with your sister wife here who hates you and is your rival. And now you just want to go worship the Lord. And she is mocking you year after year for not being able to have children. Yeah. And so she's walking in with a lot of heaviness. Um, But this caused her obviously a lot of great distress. 
um, her husband notices. And it's so funny because I was listening to the Bible Project podcast and they were kind of breaking down this story because they're doing a whole series right now um, about the whole concept of like the firstborn um, and everything throughout scripture, like that Mm -hmm. theme of God kind of dismantling the idea of the firstborn inherently gets, Mm -hmm. you know, that double portion instead they're elevating, he's elevating the lowly. And so they were going over Hannah's story. And that's part of the reason we're going over it today because it's fresh on my heart. So Tim Mackey is talking on the podcast about this and we get to this point. And so Hannah goes to Elkanah, her husband, and is basically like, um, she's obviously in great distress. It says like she wasn't weeping and not eating. Yeah. And he's like, girl, what's wrong with you? Like you ain't eating. Jackie literally says, can I read it? (laughs) Hannah, why do you weep? And why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? Am I not better to you than 10 sons? And it's like, sure. He's done everything he kind of can other than like stand up to his other wife, (laughs) which would be the helpful Mm -hmm. thing to do. But he, you know, he's like, I've given you this double portion. I've, I clearly love you. Like you're my favorite. All these things. Am I not better to you? And you know, just also not helpful at all. Yeah. So, so Tim Mackey's like this idiot, (laughs) this fool. Like, why would you say that? That's so dumb. Like, am I not better to you than 10 sons? Like Like, actually no. Okay. So you can't have a kid. (laughs) Is that the worst thing? Like actually, yes, it's ruining my life. But like, actually (laughs) this caused me torment day and night, but like, okay, I'll come off. (laughs) But yeah, I love you. Yeah. And it's so funny because I had never thought of that as being like a negative comment. Like I never thought of it that way, but that would be a negative comment. Mm -hmm. But basically she gets up and leaves (laughs) and um, she goes to the temple and Eli, who is the priest at the time, is sitting there um, on the steps of the temple. Can I just say one thing? Because I'm looking at the scripture. Immediately after that, it says she rose after eating and drinking in Shiloh. So she's like going up to the place of the Lord and we can see through her response here that we're going to get to, but like her comfort is in God. Like she's able to rest Mm -hmm. and to eat and to drink after not being able to like in the place of God, which is kind of a beautiful little point here. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so she goes up to be with the Lord. And that makes it sound like she died. She didn't die. <laughs> She's going up to be literally, you know, close to, to his presence. Yeah. Up to Shiloh. Um, and that's where she offers this prayer to the Lord. And so this is first Samuel one verses 10 through 11. I'm going to have Katie read it so that you don't have to hear my voice quite as much. Mm-hmm. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. So Eli's just kind of sitting there and he's like watching as she made this vow. O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. Yeah. So it's, she comes before the Lord in this moment of great distress and she makes a vow to him saying like, look upon my sorrow, answer my prayer. And I'm going to give my kid right back to you. Like Mm -hmm. this, he's going to be set apart for your purposes and all this stuff. This last line where she talks about his hair will never be cut. That's something that you might recognize from the story of Samson. Mm -hmm. She's kind of... It's a Nazarite vow. Yeah, it's a Nazarite vow, which is interesting. I was talking to David, our pastor, about this. I was like, so was Samuel a Nazarite then? He was like, no, he wouldn't have been Mm -hmm. because of like the sacrifices he was having to conduct and everything. It would have gone against the vow. So this is just an interesting thing. But Yeah, and the Nazarite vow is voluntary. So she's making this on behalf of her son, (laughs) which is kind of crazy. And so she's saying like, look, he's going to set himself apart for 
for God. Super interesting. Yeah, so, so interesting. But she prays this prayer out of a deep anguish in her heart. And Eli, the priest, witnesses her desperation and mistakes it for drunkenness. Like she's such a mess. Yeah, because she's basically, <laughs> so she's there and she's praying and her lips are moving, but no, none of the words are coming out. Mm-hmm. So uh, she's just praying in her heart, but mouthing. And so he's like, great, a drunk lady right outside the church. Like for real, pick <laughs> yeah. like a better place. And he basically is like, for real, you're drunk here, put away your wine is kind of basically what he says. Mm -hmm. And, but then when it's clarified, she's not, he says, may the God of Israel grant your request. So he's joining with her in the prayer that she just offered Mm. to the Lord. And little does he know what that's going to bring about. Um, Just the next year when they're in Shiloh again, she's going to be able to present to him, hey, here's my son that I prayed for and that you agreed in prayer with yeah. me. And now he's going to train up under you as the next um, as the next judge and as a priest. So big, big deal and kind of crazy moment when you think about like what Samuel's life looks like down the road. So as we did a lot in the, I believe it was our Fruits of the Spirit series, I went to that Precept Austin website that we used a lot because he had some really great insights on these passages. Again, I'll link it in the description. It's definitely worth reading. It's a very in-depth commentary mm-hmm. um, of these passages. So basically, he he's kind of doing a commentary on this portion, and he says, Hannah's distress drove her to Yahweh. Her bitterness was because of years of barrenness and provocation from her enemy, Panina. But Hannah made a crucial choice. Instead of focusing on her bitterness, she accepted God's appointment to brokenness and ran in her extremity to the sufficiency mm-hmm. of Jehovah Shabbat. Sabbath. <laughs> Sabbath. Um, so I love that last line. Um, ran in her extremity to the sufficiency mm-hmm. of Jehovah. And I think that is the picture of Hannah's story. Um, but that how many of us... That's the picture of ours, you know, mm-hmm. we run in our extremity to the sufficiency of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I just love, I love that he said that because here's this situation that's bleak and dismal and all that she can think to do is run to the Lord and to offer her sorrow and her anguish to him in prayer and say, God, like, you know, the desires of my heart, see my sorrow, mm-hmm. look upon me, give me what I'm asking and I'll give it right back to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, it's just such a pu- beautiful picture. Mm-hmm. In this portion, we see Hannah's faith in the Lord triumph over the opportunity for hatred and resentment that stood in front of her. She instead turns to the Lord with this lament. The Lord wants to hear our laments. He did not turn from Hannah in her moment of distress because of her sorrow. He drew near and later remembered her anguish and promise. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we see from this point, they, Elkanon, Hannah, and Panina, and all of Panina's children <laughs> go back home, and Elkanah and uh, Hannah sleep together. And the Lord, it says that the Lord remembered Hannah mm-hmm. in that moment, and she conceived a son um, who was Samuel. Another interesting thing about this first prayer of hers, um, which again, I'm pulling from that Precept Austin resource, um, is kind of one of the one of the translations for for the word prayer used here. Katie, would you like to read that portion? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The Septuagint translates prayed in verse 10 here with the same Greek word for prayer used in Philippians 4, 6 through 7. 
which is notable because the specific Greek word for prayer conveys the idea of a devotional and adoring focus on God and not the idea of making specific requests. So at the outset, Hannah sought to have a personal encounter with God. And so she focused on his character. She then supplicated or made a specific request of Jehovah Sabaoth. So it's, you know, it's saying from the beginning, she's, she's just going to have an encounter with God. Yeah. She's, you know, looking to him with devotion, and then, and then she comes to him and says, "Lord, you know the desires, but mm-hmm. here I want to have a kid." Yeah, I was I was actually looking up just while you were talking what that that name of God, Jehovah Sabaoth, mm-hmm. means, and it has this like meaning of multitude, mm-hmm. and it's often used when like referring to him as like the Lord of heaven's armies, like the Mm. Lord of hosts. Um, So there's like a sufficiency and a power thing here, but it's also like indicates the like innumerability of the stars. So like the immensity of like his power and his character. And so this is like, this is the God that she is supplicating to like a God who is like immeasurably able to answer her request to, yeah, who she is seeking for himself and not just for her, benefit like it's it's kind of beautiful that she's bringing him this personal request and also from this posture of like glorification like it's it's really beautiful yeah absolutely if you know this story you know um after samuel's born she offers like this song slash prayer to the lord but Mm -hmm. we already see the heart of that song that hasn't even been sung yet Mm -hmm. within the lamenting prayer yeah Uh, so this shows that she had a heart posture of devotion and love to the Lord that Mm -hmm. was there regardless of the circumstances. Yeah. And I have a question here for maybe us to discuss. And that's, do you think most people pray with the same reverence for the Lord when requesting things of him as they do when thanking him Mm -hmm. for the things that they've requested? I think that's a good one to, to reflect on like personally. And, you know, I think what's helpful here is to reflect on like, am I regarding God with this kind of reverence and honor and faith. Like that's other note in what she's, how she's praying, right? Is there's not just a, like, if you can, please, it's like, you are able, Mm. will you? Like on my behalf, you are this God on our behalf, on the behalf of your people. Like, I know you can be this God on my behalf. Mm. And there's something really special about remembering to pray to God, like for, for who he is and remembering his character and something really special that we miss so much of, like in our English language, right. And all these names of God, like the significance and the meaning of like, of who he is and who he's proclaimed himself to be and who he's also like proven himself to be again and again to his people, like in, you know, including those things in your prayers and, making a practice of like remembering who God is and learning who God is and Mm -hmm. like speaking those things to him when we pray, like just honoring him with our words and with our thoughts. And, um, there's something really cool about like taking the time to learn these things, but then also like speaking them to him, like praying these things to him of like, this is who you are. Like even in your requests, right. That like reinforces the truth of those things in your heart as well. When you say them. Absolutely. And then I think this is coming into a really interesting part of the story where um, Hannah has to make good on her promise. And I just think like what an interesting situation where she so desperately wanted a child Mm -hmm. and yet here she is giving him right back. Right. And so in this kind of 
in-between portion, the last bit of uh, chapter one, she she has Samuel and Elkanah is like, all right, like, let's go to Shiloh. Let's make some sacrifices. Let's talk to Eli. And she was like, I'm going to wait until the baby's weaned because we're taking him and we're leaving him, which like, how crazy. I just can't even wrap my mind around mm -hmm. like having a child you've like longed for so much. Mm -hmm. And then knowing in that short time that you do get to spend with them that you're about to like turn turn this baby over no. even to the Lord. Like, I can't you know. imagine. I really can't. And there's something here too about Samuel specifically. This is like what's cool about when you study scripture and when you read the whole of scripture, there's this common thing that happens called um, like types of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so Adam is a type of Christ. Like there's all these different like yeah. types of Christ throughout the Bible, like David, all these different that like point to Christ. Yeah. Um, Samuel is a type of Christ. And so there's so many things about his story of, you know, being conceived kind of miraculously yeah. and being devoted to the Lord. And later on, as he's like growing up under Eli, that he like grows in stature and in favor yeah. and all these things that line him up to Christ. But this too of like the idea of giving up your son yeah. and, you know, Mary did this, but God did this like with Jesus. Yeah. And so it's always just cool to like look and remember and see how Those from parallels. the beginning of scripture, like being compiled, that all of it points to Jesus, like yes. indirectly and also directly through, through prophecy. It's just so cool. Yeah, um, absolutely. But no, like this actually makes me, I mean, I'm pregnant, so I'm hormonal, but like <laughs> the thought of like willingly. And I mean, she knew from the beginning, but that doesn't make it any easier. That doesn't change your love and the bonding and the like intimacy between a mother and her baby. That's yeah. just like, you really can't imagine <laughs> until no. you're there. And even just the physical, like the weaning, like, <laughs> cause you can make that process go on as long as you want to. Right. Yeah. But she's, she's faithful to say like, okay, we're going to take this as far as we need to. And I mean, I'm just imagining her as a, like she, this isn't just imaginary. This is a person. Like yeah. this is a mother who's sitting there in the night, nursing this baby, looking at him in the face, like this, like loving him so, so strongly answer to prayer. Well, and there's like physically the thought of physically having someone take my baby from me mm -hmm. and not being able to like hold him again is like, I think it makes me nauseous. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's so unnatural and like wrong, but God is like so faithful to her mm. in this too. And she had no way of knowing that. Like yeah. she had no way of knowing if she'd have more kids, God gave her more kids. Yeah. Spoiler alert. But just like the, the level of her, that her saying these things to God and declaring his sufficiency and his power, it wasn't just lip service. Mm -hmm. Like she was willing to say, okay, like you are still this God that I prayed to when I had faith that you would answer me. Mm -hmm. And even though this seems in every natural, physical, emotional, logical way to be so wrong. <laughs> like I trust that you are good. Yeah. It's, it's incomprehensible. Yeah. And beyond trusting that he's good, rejoicing yeah. in his nature, which is what we see then in this, uh, like this song or this prayer that she offers to the Lord. And Katie Hill, would you like to, we're going to read the whole song it's a little bit long um yeah but you want me to just read it straight all the way through yeah it's first samuel 2 verses 1 through 10 okay my heart rejoices in the lord the lord has made me strong now i have an answer for my enemies i rejoice because you rescued me no one is holy like the lord there is no one beside you there is no rock like our god 
Stop acting so proud and haughty. Don't speak with such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows what you have done. He will judge your actions. The bow of the mighty is now broken, and those who stumbled are now strong. Those who were well-fed are now starving, and those who were starving are now full. The childless woman now has seven children, and the woman with many children wastes away. The Lord gives both death and life. He brings some down to the grave, but raises others up. The Lord makes some poor and others rich. He brings some down and lifts others up. He lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. He sets them among princes, placing them in seats of honor. For all the earth is the Lord's, and he has set the world in order. He will protect his faithful ones, but the wicked will disappear in darkness. No one will succeed by strength alone. Those who fight against the Lord will be shattered. He thunders against them from heaven. The Lord judges throughout the earth. He gives power to his king. He increases the strength of his anointed one. This is such an amazing picture into her response in her heart to God blessing her because she sees this as something that the Lord gave her a child and she's giving him back. And she sees nothing but God's holiness for blessing her with a gift. She, you know, she's not so hung up on this, like, oh, but now, like, I have to give him back. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what's it going to be? Like, she knows his holiness. She knows his goodness. And that is what this song is just dripping in. Yeah. She sees herself as somebody who was once you know, lowly that the Lord has elevated. And it's not because she has a child that now gets to prosper with her into her old age. It's Mm -hmm. because she has experienced the holiness of the Lord. Right. That's what has brought her from the lowly to the high places. Yes. And that is what is described in this song. And like I said, I want to just reiterate, it's not because of the gift she was given in Samuel. It's because she experienced the holiness and the goodness and the sovereignty of the Lord. And I just, this is such, like, this is such an unnatural response. Like, I know for me, like, I, if I'm praying for something and the Lord gives it to me, I'm, of course, I'm drawn closer to his heart because he just answered a prayer. Like, Mm -hmm. how amazing is our God that he answers our prayers? Yeah. But how often am I rejoicing more in the gift I've received Mm -hmm. than that I got to experience the holiness of the Lord. Yeah, the faithfulness of God. And I think that that, that's something we can take away (laughs) from this prayer in particular. Mm -hmm. But she finally has the child she never thought she would have, and she's committing his life to service in the temple. But she approaches the Lord with high praise. She responds to his holiness and his justice, Mm -hmm. not even necessarily the gift she's received. All glory to God's character and his goodness. Precept Austin again has a little bit of a commentary that I felt was worth sharing in this portion. I'm kind of just going to summarize it. I'm not going to read it mm-hmm. uh, word for word, but um, she, it actually talks about part of her, this song being like prophecy, like prophetic, specifically verse 10 of those who fight against the Lord will be shattered and thunder. He thunders against them from heaven. The Lord judges throughout the earth. He gives power to his king. He increases the strength of his anointed one as a, as like a prophecy to Jesus. You know, like he gives 
he gives power to his king being Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's so interesting. You're seeing her operating out of the Holy Spirit. That's something that um, he's, he talks about in this commentary is she's filled with the spirit and she's prophesying in the midst of a moment that could be full of such mourning sorrow (laughs) and sorrow and maybe even like resentment towards God. Like I have to make good on this that I told you I was going to do and you're, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And we see her full of the spirit and rejoicing in the Lord and prophesying the coming Messiah and all of these things that I, it's just so beautiful. I feel like I keep saying it's just like such a beautiful picture, but it's real. This woman was real. She, she experienced these things. This is what she prayed. This was her song to the Lord. Yeah. And it's just amazing. Yeah. I, the like wholeness of scripture is kind of what like hits me with this. And the like end of this quote that you just read just says, Peter in the New Testament affirms that her prophecy was spirit given, writing, no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men or women moved by the Holy Spirit who spoke from God. And that's in second Peter one verses 20, verse 21 and on. But something that my commentary said here on Hannah's prayers, it compares it to a prayer of David in second mm-hmm. Samuel 22, which is another proclamation of God's saving power as it relates to his chosen King. But what the, what it says here that I think is so interesting is the rich, unrighteous rulers of the land, which Eli is actually, he has yeah. all of these um, wicked sons and God uses Samuel to replace him and to replace his line. Yeah. Um, Saul, ultimately, who David's praying kind of against in this, and then Herod, um, who comes against Jesus, like Samuel and David and Jesus being these Christ types mm-hmm. and Christ himself will be brought down while the leaders who fulfill God's purposes, Samuel, David, Jesus will be exalted. And this just happens over and over again. Like you were saying with the Bible project, like their whole thing on flipping everything, like Mm -hmm. flipping the idea of the firstborn being the one to receive the inheritance, flipping the idea of the Jew being the first to eat at the table of God, flipping the idea of all these things that everyone who encounters these ideas and is haughty and proud, like is opposed to whenever they're brought forth. Um, It doesn't seem like what logically they think God would do. And over and over and over and over again, God uses his prophets and his anointed ones and his kings and his son to to reinforce like, yeah. I am God. These are my ways. This is my character. I exalt mm-hmm. the lowly. I bless those who honor me. Yeah. And I bring low the proud and the wicked. And I like we've been watching The Chosen and mm-hmm. that's kind of been a recurring theme this whole season of The Chosen, if you've been watching, is just um, the idea of this like resistance from the Jews of just like, we cannot wrap our minds around what you are saying of Gentiles being invited to the table. Like, yeah. And I mean, you can read the gospels and get this image, right. but just like <laughs> seeing like kind of a, you know, fictionalized version of these things like playing out of just like the, the proud and those who are unwilling to <laughs> be humbled always come against this, like what God's message actually is. Right. Yeah. Which is my table is long. Like my, yeah. <laughs> my hand is like, strong, like my arm stretches far Mm -hmm. to save. And I am looking to and fro across the earth that any who might humble himself and bow low before me, that I am looking to save him. Yeah, Um, It's just so beautiful. It's this completeness of scripture that is just so evident here and so beautiful. And Hannah's this like beautiful instrument of prophecy of the same exact idea. It's incredible. Yeah. And we've been talking a little bit throughout of like small bits of application or how we can reflect this in our own life, but I want to kind of hone it in for us. 
Um, and this story may feel like something we'll never experience, mm-hmm. but we encounter opportunities for faithfulness like Hannah's all the time. Mm-hmm. There are things that we may want, and before we receive them, we have the opportunity to consecrate them to God. You know, I think about all the mm-hmm. things that I pray for, <laughs> and I have the opportunity to yeah. come to the Lord and say, Lord, I really want this. And when it's mine, it's yours. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it, I'm consecrating it to you before I even have it. Right. And maybe that's not a kid. <laughs> maybe right. that's not my firstborn son. Right. But that's, you know, whatever it is, that that new job, that career, that, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend, that, you know what I mean? Like right. all of these things, we all have the opportunity to consecrate our desires to the Lord. Mm -hmm. God also wants to hear the lamentations and sorrows of your heart. Mm -hmm. Do not withhold from the Lord what Jesus died to carry. That is something that I've really had to learn. I've talked about on this podcast. Like I have felt like I have to come before God with something prepackaged and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, even in my expressions of grief, like mm-hmm. I have to come to him and be like, Lord, I'm, I'm feeling so Have sorrow. a Psalm written. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I have to come all David like before yeah. him and, you know, with my little harp or whatever. And it's like, like I've come to the conclusion on my own yes. that you are worthy to be praised. Yeah. Let like, me figure this out before I come to you so that I can explain how I feel. And that's not what the Lord wants. And that's not what we see modeled here. Right. You know, Hannah, in her deep grief, goes to be with the Lord and says, Lord, you know the desires of my heart. Look, look on me in my sorrow. I'm sad. I'm frustrated. Mm -hmm. Give me what I'm asking for and it'll be yours too. Right. You know, she didn't come. Obviously, she has a beautiful song here, but she didn't come before him with beautifully packaged emotions. She, She came before him with all of the the frustration and the sorrow and the rage of this feeling in this season. I think that's something that we can all resonate with. Totally. I, I think too here, what we can take away is that if her intention and if her understanding of the Lord had been incomplete or if what had been primary in her prayers to the Lord was just her desire, mm-hmm. There would have been bitterness or great grief in, you know, living up to her end of the promise. Or maybe it's a promise she never would have made. Yeah. And there would have been no Samuel, right? Going into, like, we talk about this a lot, I think. I think I actually talk about this a lot on here. But going into whatever it is you're going into with the Lord as your your well, the mm-hmm. Lord as your source of satisfaction yeah. um, can really protect you from bitterness and yeah. um, grief is natural, right? But like anguish and sorrow and b- like bitterness is really kind of the result of having your priorities in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that this never happens because it's happened to me over and over and over again, multiple times in my life where then it's an opportunity to kind of like reflect and repent and turn and say like, this was in your place. Yeah. Right. If my husband died today, right. Like that is, it would be horrifying. It would be devastating. But if he was my hope and my well and my source, um, I would be angry at God. Yeah. And I'm sure I would still have to deal with being angry at God (laughs) and asking questions. And why does that happen? And there's room for that. Um, but if he was my hope, if he was my source, if mm-hmm. I had begged the Lord to to be married and to have this person because this is what's going to like satisfy me, um, 
it's really hard to be anchored when those things happen and those things come that are not promised. It's not promised that we'll live a long life together. Yeah. It's not promised that things will look like I want them to. If we lost our house today, if um, my son got sick, if any of these things mm-hmm. happened, like it's not a reflection on the goodness of God. It's the the temporal reality of the life that we live in. And when God is your satisfaction and when God is the reason that you seek these things, then it's a lot easier to recognize that they're his in the first place, Yeah. right? That he has their good in mind. He has good intentions for them. And even if a situation doesn't look like I can understand, um, like if he is my source, he will never disappoint me. Yeah. So absolutely. when God answers our prayers, Hannah's song gives us a really beautiful window into how we should respond. Um, with an adoration for God's holiness and an appreciation of how he promotes the lowly. Mm-hmm. James 1.17 says, Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. I love that. No variation or shifting shadow. I know. That's my favorite part of yeah. that verse. It's, it's like so God doesn't change. He doesn't move. Yeah. But everything good we have on this earth, every thing we enjoy in holiness like Mm -hmm. a holy enjoyment yeah is from god and it's just a reflection of him it's a reflection of him and it's a gift yeah and it warrants this response that he had of lord you promote the lowly lord you are so holy lord you work through jesus (laughs) you work through yourself and you are you are altogether satisfying yeah and perfect on your own without this gift you are holy Mm-hmm. and satisfying with this gift you are holy and satisfying um we always have opportunities to exalt the lord as hannah did and jesus even provided a glimpse of that in the lord's prayer yeah you know with um you can read the lord's prayer <laughs> i was gonna like try and <laughs> summarize it. i was like oh, whatever but read it you know this is a glimpse that jesus gave mm-hmm. into how we are supposed to approach the lord with you know our father who art in heaven hallowed be your name you're holy. Mm-hmm. You're set apart. You're you're the standard for set apart, I should say, you know. Mm-hmm. And um and Hannah is just just one example mm-hmm. of the many people who have gotten to experience the goodness of the Lord and she, you know, she recognizes holiness in the midst of that and his goodness mm-hmm. um and his sovereignty. So, yeah. Absolutely. Our prayer for you guys and our prayer for ourselves (laughs) and our prayers to the Lord are that you would recognize the faithfulness and the worthiness and the trustworthiness of God. Um, And that it wouldn't be something that you just have to say, (laughs) right? But it would be something that the Lord would root deeply in your heart and that the outflow of your life would be from this place like Hannah. Um, so like we said, go back, read this, reflect on her song, reflect on her lament on both of these things. Cause those are both part of life, right? Yes. Like the, <laughs> the gratitude and the lament, it's all guaranteed. Mm-hmm. As long as you walk this earth, you're going to experience yes. both of those things. Um, but he does not change and there is no variation or shifting shadow in him. Yeah. So we love you guys. Thank you so much for this, Katie. It was so good. Um, oh. such a good episode, but we want to remind you as always, you can follow along with us on Instagram at the Katie's podcast. And if you have any, um, anything you're going through or any questions that you have or whatever, we don't have answers to all your questions, but we have resources and people that do. Um, 
we would love to hear from you. And we have an email where you can, you know, directly reach us, the Katie's podcast at gmail.com. And we do answer. Yes. So we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to pray for you. Open invitation for that as well. So uh, we will talk to you guys soon. Yes. Talk to you later. Bye.